They are the Chai Kids. Your host today is Jessica. Good afternoon and welcome to the Chai Kids show for today. For kids, bar kids. Thank you so much for turning on 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Jessica and I am 10 years old and I will be hosting for you today. Coming up on Ha Kids Today, I'll be interviewing Jenny Moodley and she's the spokesperson for City Parks and the Zoo. So stay tuned to 101.9 Chai FM to learn more about what she does and why she enjoys it. Also on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth and fun facts that will blow your mind away. So stay tuned, you don't want to miss this kids show. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you want to say hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send me a telegram on 061-895-1019 and please don't forget to sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. I repeat, 010-140-3020. Get ready for a jam-packed show on Ha Kids today. Stand in the spotlight Not yet Stay with me 
by kids for kids by kids they are the high kids your host today is jessica that song was just can't wait to be king from the lion king this is high kids for kids by kids my name is jessica and i am your host for today before we start the interview with jenny mudley i want to introduce the tongue twister for today it is betty bought a bit of butter i repeat Betty bought a bit of butter. A bit later, I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. So call me on 0101403020 to see if you can say it faster than me. I have Jenny Moodley with me in the studio today. So if you have any questions for her, you can send them on 34519 or telegram to 0618951019. One nine. Good afternoon, Jenny Mudley. Hello, Jessica, and to you, all your friends listening in. Thank you so much for having me here. How long have you been working at the zoo? Well, believe it or not, as old as you. Just uh, over ten years ago. Prior to that, I was in the city of Joburg, but we weren't responsible for the zoo then, just for parks. So now the zoo was included ten years ago. And I've become a bit of an animal person since then. <laughs> okay. When you were younger, did you want to work with animals or did you want to be something else? You know, I grew up and I wanted to be a doctor's assistant. I used to go into a surgery and see the lady play <laughs> with files. So at no point did I think I would end up in a zoo. But having said that, now that I'm working in a zoo and I have two amazing doggies at home, I'm just bought and sold on all the lovely animals, how smart they are, and how much we can learn from them. Yeah. And so, yes, I quite enjoy working at the zoo. Mm -hmm. Why did you want to work at the zoo? Well, partly because it was part of my job responsibility, uh, and I was thrown in the deep end. But now I get to learn about the animals, I get to share um, so much of what I learn with the rest of my team. They teach you how to become a team player, how to, uh, they have human traits. So often we are so fascinated by these amazing creatures. They're very smart. Yeah. An elephant, when they say a memory like an elephant, that's exactly what they mean. An elephant remembers a voice. It remembers sounds and smells. So um, I learn so much every day, and I think this is why I want to work at the zoo. Mm. What's your best part about working at the zoo? You know, I see the wonderful children coming through the gates and they all, so many of them, uh, they come from, uh, from areas where they will not be able to afford an amazing experience, let's just say, at the Kruger National Park. Yeah, they can come to the zoo at an affordable price. It's very close to home and they get to come there with their parents or their friends and their school teachers. So I see these children coming in and we use it as an introduction to animal welfare, how to treat animals, how to be kind to your fellow uh, learners and fellow friends and your fellow family members. So you can work through the zoo to teach children how to tackle life skills. And for me, that's such an important window into the world and what the world has to offer. Yeah. Um, how many people work at the zoo? Well, we've got about 129 permanent staff. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot, but we're a massive zoo. Yeah. And we have over 384 animal species. 
which means that there are lots of, you know, we have a few lions and a few giraffe and we've got three elephants, we've got the big five. So we need a lot of people to take care of them, especially the animal husbandry. That's what we call the feeding and taking care of them. We've got a vet hospital. But we also have uh, three co-ops, cooperatives, which means they come in on a temporary basis. They do some of the, the horticultural. Horticultural is to maintain the lawns and so on. And then we have volunteers, and some of the volunteers are your age, believe it or not. So you can join our kiddies program, and you can become a volunteer at the zoo. Were there more people working at the zoo before COVID? Not really. Uh, what we decided during COVID is to uh, exclude any volunteering because, we, as you can imagine, we were a little bit concerned about the welfare of our animals. Yeah. So we kept our staff to the bare minimum. And we only worked with uh, our essential teams. So all the admin staff took a long break, but the uh, the the animal attendants, our curators, the curator is somebody that's in charge of a particular animal section, and so we got to them working every day on a shift basis. And I must say, some of the animals are sedentary, which means they prefer their own company. So we've got some of those animals. We've got nocturnal animals, so they only come out and are very active in the night. And then we have a few daytime animals. So we had to work our shift around that. And I must say there were lots of happy animals in the zoo. How was the zoo able to function when it was closed during COVID? Like, for example, when there were no people visiting and paying to get in, did the zoo have enough money to buy the animals food? Absolutely. Yes, a very good question, very important question. Uh, we get our funding from the city itself. So all the ratepayers that pay their rates and taxes, believe it or not, we get a fixed amount every month to pay for our animal and their feed. Now, uh, something like the elephant can eat up to 450 rands worth of food a day. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a, our a Lami. She's a big girl. She needs lots of food. And then we've got two other friends, which is uh, Ramodiba and and the, the uh, and our and our third animal and i and i can tell you that they go through a lot of the food the lions are fed every 3 days so yes we had to make sure that there was adequate food uh, and that had to be delivered on time due to some of the constraints during that period and rest assured our animals were absolutely our priority during that period yeah when covid was bad did it infect any of the animals Thankfully, none of our animals showed any symptoms. Our staff also were not affected, so by that we could detect that our animals were, were safe and healthy. We, but we did know of a few incidents that happened in zoos in other parts of the world, and we made sure that we closely monitored our animals and rest assured that none of our animals were affected. That's good that you didn't let any of them get affected. Mm. Um, did the animals get sad or lonely when the zoo was closed? You know, we had a few scenarios. For example, our orangutan, Makoko. He used to love the company of people. Who's that? Uh, he's our big, massive orangutan. He's a big, giant, look, a gorilla type. Oh. Yeah. And um, he, he was the single gorilla, so he loved company. And his uh, attendant, animal attendant, she and him had quite a bond. So she would say, hello, how's my boyfriend doing today? <laughs> and he would 
give a, a blushing smile. So, so we had to keep that going because he likes company. But there were other animals that are not very keen on company. So they thoroughly enjoyed no visitors at the zoo. Bear in mind, during COVID, we had to close the zoo to all our visitors. Yeah. So, uh, and But we had lots of births during that time. So your mommy and daddy will understand. It was a very quiet time for... And we now we're finding that we've had more giraffes that were born. Yeah. Uh, we had we also part of a few conservation programs, and we had the Pickers Guild. That for the first time ever, we're finding that out that they, uh, you know, they've had birds. Normally, they have birds during September month, and they've arrived early. So uh, we think they had some fun at the zoo. <laughs> How many people visit the zoo in a week? Well, what we can tell you are some of our annual figures. So we have about 300,000 people that came through the zoo in the, this past year. Yeah. Since COVID, uh, we've relaxed some of the regulations. Uh, we normally have about uh, half a million people that come through to the zoo. Wow. And many of them are schools, schools that come through with their educators and so on. But, uh, and especially over the weekends. So our busy periods are over the weekends, and we hope to increase those numbers as we build towards the school holidays are coming up. You're going to be on holidays soon. Yeah. And December's coming up, so our numbers will spike during that time. Yeah. How many different kinds of animals do you have? Oh, we have 384 species. So this can be everything from a tadpole and a little frog. We have a, the only, the largest walk-through aquarium at the zoo, not many people know that. So when you visit the zoo, you can walk through and floating above you in a tank is uh, are, you, are your big fish and aquarium. so on, an aquarium. And then we have, uh, like I said, the big five, but uh, we have everything from wild dogs to giraffes to uh, a snake, a reptile collection. We have the crocodiles. So it's very, very interesting. It, you'll need to spend a whole day in the zoo to reach every one of our animals. And um, what is your favorite animal out of the big five? You know, I, I, I must tell you that uh, I like the king of the jungle. They, they, <laughs> they, they're quite feisty. And, and I, I think of the big five, it will definitely have to be the king of the jungle. But I have a special affinity for my three elephants. Uh, and I must tell you Mopani, Ramodiba, and Lami, um, they, they basically are the most massive animals in the zoo at the moment. And uh, they keep, uh, they've got a, a huge sprawling space of over a hectare uh, roaming space. Uh, like I said, they go through a lot of food mm -hmm. and they love their treats. So, so the Ellie's are also my favorites. Uh, that was my next question. <laughs> Where does the zoo get their animals from? Well, the zoo, basically, we, we have to work w through an exchange program. Now, we are part of a massive international organization called the World Association of Zoos and Aquariums, which means we cannot in, or secure an animal outside the guidelines of WAZA. WAZA is short for World Association of Zoos. And it means that we have to ethically abide by all the, 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 the guidelines put in place by WASA. So we acquire, we also need to understand that we need animals from a different genetic pool. So let's just say we found a zoo in Africa that can give us a, a blessbok. 
we we can't always take another blessed box from the same zoo. Yeah. So we have to find a zoo from maybe the United States of America or Europe, which is most likely where we get our anim animals from, and we to make sure that we uh, 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 intermix our genetic pool and that we don't have deformed animals and so on. So it's very important in terms of where we acquire animals. But rest assured, we cannot take an animal f that is in the wild and just place it in the zoo. That is against yeah. every one of our guidelines set by Waza. Who came up with the name Waza? Waza, probably because it's an acronym for the World Association of Zoos and Aquaria, but it's, it's a massive body. It's managed by uh, all the professionals in the industry, and they make sure that every zoo that's part of this organization ethically conforms to all the standards that are put in place so that we don't have illegal trading of animals and so on, which is very, very important in the space that zoos play in, in the world. Mm. Have any of the animals gotten sick? Uh, you know, we had our Makoko, and I was telling you the about animal. Makoko, uh, you know, and sadly, Makoko, during um, COVID, the heart of COVID, we had to have a nasal operation. So you know how humans have a sinus issue? He had a huge polyp in his nose, which is like a massive piece of meat that was blocking his, right. uh, his breathing. And so we had to get human ENT specialists, ear, nose, and throat specialists to operate on him. But it was the most amazing experience because they had to put him in a helicopter. So imagine the sedated massive orangutan that taking up the whole back of a helicopter. He, they fly him off to Andestaport, which is uh, on the outskirts of Pretoria. They assess him, they do all the x-rays, they fly him back. And we had journalists from all over, international journalists that flew in on the day that he was operated after they found out that they had to remove this polyp. But sadly, we lost Makoko a month and a half ago oh. through due to a heart uh, issue. And um, it was very sad for everybody at the zoo. But, ha you know, we, we hope to get two new orangutans. And that, of course, we're on what we call a stud book. So you have to wait for the zoos across the world to say, right, we've got two orangutans and we can make sure that you, in, you get them in South Africa. So we're on the waiting and we're crossing our fingers mm. because we would really like to have uh, something like that Makoko back in our zoo. Yeah. Why do most people visit the zoo and do you get younger visitors like children and learners or more elderly people? Yes, that's an excellent question. You know, uh, we have two lots of, we have families that come together, but mostly children from schools and they, like, they come through with their teachers. Now, zoos are, uh, are the gateway to environmental education, to build good citizenry, to teach children about empathy, because animals have human traits. And so it's very important that we, the, ki the kids come through, that we share that. But believe it or not, we also invite pensioners and old age, people from old age homes. We bus them in, we give them a little meal, and we put them on our golf carts and we take them through the zoo. And all these gogos are so fascinated because some of them in their whole lifetime, they've never seen an elephant, they've never seen a lion. And that's why zoos are so important, because so for so many of us, we'll never get the opportunity to see a, a lion in the wild. And yeah. so it's important that zoos, especially the Joburg Zoo, in the heart of the city, stays in place and that it's supported. 
What would you say is the first thing to see when people get to the zoo? Oh, there's just so many amazing things. So the way the zoo is structured, we have different sections. So I would say start to your left, (laughs) follow the footpaths, then you'll come across the first lots of lions, you'll walk down up, you'll see the ellies, you'll continue further up, you'll see all our birds, then you'll go into the reptile section. We have uh, the the most scary spiders. I hate spiders. (laughs) hate spiders, yeah, no, some of them can be quite gross but let me tell you they're so important also for the ecosystem so every animal has got a role in the ecosystem so for us it's about how do we do encourage people to follow specific pathways we're going through a huge revamp at the zoo where we re putting in brand new signage and so hopefully that will make your experience even more interesting but like i said you'll need a whole day at the zoo yeah um do the animals get baths, and have you been there when they get a bath? You know, that, that's another amazing question, because sometimes we get complaints. Your lion looks like it needs a uh, or your elephant needs a bath. Now, we need to explain to our visitors that we're not in a circus. These are yeah. animals that are really need to be left to their own devices. So what we do is we provide a mud bath, for example, for our elephants, and they love it. So they jump in there and they spray themselves sometimes with, with mud. And that's to keep their temperatures very cool and keep them comfortable during summer and winter and so on. So, no, we let the natural elements take care of them. But more importantly, all our animals, we have a hospital on site, a veterinary hospital, and we work with the medical students at Wits University, at the University of Pretoria, the University of Joburg. So if you want to become a veterinarian, you need to basically um, sign up and then you can volunteer and you can get first hand on. on. Sometimes we, we might, through natural causes, lose an animal. Now bear in mind the life expectancy of an animal at the zoo is is much greater than an animal in the free in the wild yeah because there's better care they're fed they they they're taken care of there's enrichment programs so yes so it's very it's important to understand that uh, our our animals don't necessarily need a bath they know how to take care of themselves yeah. but they they when they we we provide them uh, the adequate water for them to, if they do so want to have a shower or so on, that they can have access to that water. Why are the trees in the park so important? Yes, trees are not important just at the zoo, but in parks and yeah. in, in our cities and even in our homes. Now, now, trees not only take in all the carbon, all the pollutants and so on, and release good oxygen, but they also act as a hide, a bird hide for our ecosystem, a nesting area for the birds. They, uh, they beautify our areas. They, uh, they act as, uh, they absorb nightlight on our main roads so they can even decrease the number of motor vehicle accidents. So trees are critical as a coolant, especially when we talk about climate change. And I'm sure you're learning about climate change in your, in your, in your classes, in your environmental classes and so on. So trees are more important now as well. And we urge every resident 
in the city of Joburg to plant more trees, particularly in their private spaces, because the, the carrying capacity of Joburg is increasing every day, and there's not adequate space, public space, to plant more and more trees. So we're calling on residents to plant those trees. We're going into Arbor Month in September, and we want to see schools involved, the educators, and every learner plant a tree in the city. Why does the city have so many parks? Parks are extremely important. Now, parks in many parts of the world are parts of the city servitude. Servitudes are where underneath, underground, you've got stormwater systems. You've, nowadays, we even have the fiber. Yeah. We have electrical uh, connections. So over time, the spaces that were demarcated as what we call servitudes for this infrastructure uh, became linear parks. And then there was the actual, like your zoo lake. Zoo lake was a, a, a farm, believe it or not, before that. And where the Joburg Zoo is, it was given as a gift to the city. So we, over time, made sure that the dam itself, zoo lake, the dam itself was contained, and we created a massive big park for residents. So similarly, parks, we need to zealously guard our parks, because over time, as I said, we, our populations are going to increase, and we all need space to come outdoors. We saw during COVID how people wanted to spend time outdoors. And so it's extremely important for your mental wellness to have access to a park, to picnic, to enjoy with your yeah. family, and to yeah, have a run. Air. Absolutely. How do you keep the park safe for children to play? A very challenging task, believe it or not. So first and foremost, we need to say to every parent that every child should be supervised in a park. Yeah. I mean, no parent should allow their child to freely roam in a mall, and similarly, no parent should allow their child to freely, freely roam in a park. So we're saying to parents that the onus is on you to safeguard your child's well-being. We, uh, we want you to be hand, hands-on when it comes to when they're using a park. Um, but at the same time, we are looking at different mechanisms. We're looking at volunteers. We've increased the park number of park ranges in the city. But we have got the most sprawling spaces, so there's never going to be a security guard within eyesight or a view within your view at any one point in time. And sometimes this is a concern that we have, that children are allowed to be playing freely in the park. And so we're urging parents to please be hands-on when children are in a park. Uh, it, it's, a, it's close to my heart, and we know we had an incident re recently, and we want to say to parents again, please, please join your children in a park. Yeah. Does the zoo sometimes take the animals into the wild and then bring them back? Yes, what we call is rewilding some of our animals. Now, we're involved in a few conservation programs. We're involved, for example, uh, sometimes residents, we've got three brown snakes, which are not venomous, but they've been brought to the zoo. And once uh, one had an eye injury, so once we repaired the eye injury, we will then release it back into a nature reserve, a conservation area. So uh, our Pickersgill reed frog, frogs are very important also for the environment. So once it's part of the conservation pr and we've got a few tadpoles and then they become bigger frogs and so on, yeah. we release them again because, you know, they're very important to contain the, the, the population of mosquitoes, for example. And so mosquitoes cause malaria. So as you know, every animal has got its role in the whole 
bigger food chain. So it's very important to where we can. Uh, and we're involved in a few, the, uh, the, the Hornbill, the, uh, the, 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 black, the, the Wattle program. So where possible, we can rewild our animals. We make sure that we do that. Mm. So that is definitely very interesting. On that note, let's take a song break. We will be back soon. I see what's happening, yeah. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. Well, it's nice to see that humans never change. Open your eyes, let's begin. Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in. I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod. When you're staring at a demigod, what can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demiguy. Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky? When you were waddling, yay, hide this guy. When the nights got cold, who stole you fire from down below? You're <laughs> looking at him, yo. Oh, also I lasso the sun. You're welcome to stretch your days and bring you fun. Also, I harness the breeze. You're welcome to fill your sails and shake your trees. So what can I say except you're welcome for the islands I pulled from the sea. There's no need to pray, it's okay. You're welcome. Ha. I guess it's just my way of being me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, come to think of it, kid, honestly, I could go on and on. I could explain every natural phenomenon. The tide, the grass, the ground. Oh, that was Maui just messing around. I killed a eel, I buried its guts. Sprouted a tree, now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. And the tapestry here in my skin is a map of the victories I win. Look where I've been, I make everything happen. Look at that, me, mini Maui, just look at that. It's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. Well, come to think of it, I gotta go. Hey, it's your day to say you're welcome. Cause I'm gonna need that boat. I'm sailing away, away, you're welcome. Cause now we can do everything but float. You're welcome, kids, four kids. By kids. They are the high kids. Your host today is Jessica. You're welcome from Moana. This is Ha Kids. For kids, by kids. My name is Jessica and you're still listening to the Ha Kids show on 101.9 Chai FM. Before we carry on with our interview with Jenny Moody, I have three really cool facts for you. Did you know that reindeers are the only deer species where both males and females grow anthers? The males shed theirs in the beginning of December and the females shed theirs in the spring. And elephants are one, only a handful of animals that can pass the mirror test. In other words, they can r- recognise their own reflection and not think it's a, another animal as dogs and cats usually do. They tested this by placing a chalk mark 
on an elephant's forehead and then showing it a mirror. The elephant investigated the mark on its own forehead, indicating it knew that it was looking at itself. The only animal that can pass this test are higher primates. And lastly, people often think that flamingos' knees bend the wrong way. They don't. The joint you're seeing in the middle of their leg isn't their knee. It's their ankle. Their knee is up by their body and it bends the same way ours does. Now those are facts I bet you didn't know. I have Jenny Moodley in the studio with me. If you have any questions for her, you can send an SMS to 34519 or a telegram to 061-895-1019 or call 010-140-3020. Now let's carry on with our questions. How do you know if an animal is sick? Yes. So what we have is every animal has part of, has got its own tailor-made enrichment program. So an enrichment program is to keep it active and to understand its behavior. Today, suddenly, you know, Makoko is not looking good or Lamy is not looking good. So we have an enrichment program. And if we find that they're a bit sluggish to respond and so on, and then we start closely monitoring them. Like they're not acting themselves. Exactly. So you can tell when a kid is not feeling too happy, he's looking a little bit sad, his mom is going to say, what's going on? So exactly that's what we do at the zoo. When the animal is very sick, is there a vet working there or do you have to call one? Yes, so we have two programs. We have a vet. We have three vets actually at the Joburg Zoo. And then we have what we call an arrangement with any external, like Andestaport, which is the hospital, the main hospital for animals uh, in in, uh, Greater Joburg. And then we have um, an enrichment person who's also like a nurse and will know what's going on. So we would do many of a few things to make sure that our animals are taken in. We try not to sedate our animals. You know, they're big. You don't want to knock them out uh, and have, uh, issues. So what we'd rather do is teach them to lift their foot up so you, or stick their tongue out. So we, in terms of our enrichment programs, we train them on so we can give them an inspection and then find out if they have any uh, issues and then we take them into surgery if required. Okay. What happens to the animal when they pass away? Like, where do you put them and stuff? Yes, so our smaller animals, we've got an incinerator. What's that? An incinerator is like a big furnace, a fireplace. And so we would pry, but before we take that in, we have to do a post-mortem. So a post-mortem is to say, what did the animal die of? Why did it die? And so on. It's very important to understand that, right? And we have to share that research with the rest of our, our team. But if for some reason we have a massive animal, then we would use the incinerator to unfortunately say our final farewells to our animal. Very sad experience, especially if you an animal attendant for that particular animal. Uh, we also have to make sure that their caregivers sometimes are given counseling when we lose an animal. Is that in the zoo or is it somewhere else? Yes, it is at the zoo. So we have a place at the Joburg Zoo where we have our own incinerator and where we say our final goodbyes to our animals. Yeah. Um, 
Do you have any endangered animals? Yes, we have lots. We have we one of the few zoos in the world that has a black and a white rhino. Uh, uh, so that's not just uh, it's threatened and endangered, our rhinos. Uh, we also have the wattles. Now the Pickersgill reed frog that I told you how important frogs are. Yeah. Those are also endangered species. And uh, in some areas we've seen that malaria has increased because the number of these little frogs, have, the population has decreased. So there's a number of animals in the zoo that are threatened or threatened and endangered. And this, it's important for our conservation programs to closely monitor that and where possible to include a breeding program so we could, or conservation program t to increase the population of these animals. Have any of the animals escaped from their cages? Oh, yes. So we had a storm recently in Joburg, not so recent actually, two years ago, and one of our cranes decided to fly away. So we asked all the residents around Zoo Lake and Saxon World and uh, Melrose Arch and so on to say on their WhatsApp groups, please look out for our, our uh, ground arms. Uh, Did they find it? And believe it or not, it flew right back home. So I think it likes the zoo yeah. <laughs> more than anywhere else, but it came right back. So we had to issue a little bit of an alert to our residents, and thankfully it flew back. How long did it take for it? It came back a day and a half later. I think it went visiting to find out if it was better outside and oh, realized okay. the zoo is the best place to be. Yeah. <laughs> Have any of the animals ever tried to attack, attack a person? Nope. Uh, thankfully, you see, unlike other zoos, we don't have contact uh, with our, so we, we limit human contact with our animals. You'll find that like our predators, we've got a moat and we've got a, a, a fence, which means they could never, there's two uh, options, so they, they're very, very closely monitored and they, we need to safeguard our general public as well. So where we call them predator animals, animals that are more dangerous, we make sure that we've got the added security and, and that's, that's a natural part of what zoos are. We need to make sure that they're taken care of and they not only is the general public protected, but also our animals are protected. Yeah. Um, but that's good that no, uh, like no one's been attacked. Thankfully. How do you know when not to approach an animal? Well, uh, the first thing for many animals is their ears start flapping. Like the uh, elephants. Like the Ellie. And so it, it's one of the telltale signs. But also they start their feet. They start, you know, rub, uh, scratching the ground and so on. So you could see they're getting a little bit agitated. But again, for all those animals, we know that there's a, 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 an acceptable distance between them and the general public. So you can't reach any of these animals that, has any, that have any potential to cause any harm to our yeah. visitors. And we as the zoo, we need to make sure that we strictly enforce the safety distance between our publics and our animals. Yeah. Are you scared of any of the animals? You know, I, I would never ever go close to an elephant, uh, or uh, I mean a lion, because they they can snap their their their, uh, their arm in a split second. It's it's a flash. So we encourage all our visitors to make sure that they comply with all the safety requirements, not to try to feed our animals and so on. We have what we call a zoo farm, 
And so we have the more domesticated animals, your sheep and your cows and, and so on. So they're more domesticated. Could you and, feed those? And you can reach out. We're not allowed to feed any of the animals. Uh, but I okay. can through the curator because we try to make sure that all our animals are fed by the same person. And so the curator or the animal attendant will feed the animal. And, but you can say, hey, Lummy, how are you doing today? Are you, are you having a good day, Lummy? And, you know, you'll get a nod or a grunt. But whatever it is, you know, that's how we have to engage with our animals. Because we as officials also need to comply with the zoo's rules. Yeah. Uh, how many rules are there? Like, do you know? Oh, there's a whole massive book of rules. Because it's important to know how to take care of an animal. Different species need different types of, of uh, enrichment programs. You need to know what uh, the ethics are, ethics are, how you behave in a zoo. Uh, we also have rules for the general public. And we don't want the public to come in there and throw their litter all out the zoo. Yeah. If anything, whatever you bring into, into the zoo, you should take back home with you, even if it's at waste uh, cooler, uh, you know, the, the cool drink bottle yeah. or your packet of chips or whatever you bring in, all zoos should be litter-free uh, because it's very important if a plastic or a, let's say, say a packet of chips, the, the empty packet flies into a zoo enclosure. It and one of Absolutely. And so, also in the park. You know, we need more of you, Jessica. You need to become an ambassador for parks in the zoo. <laughs> Which is the most intelligent animal at the zoo? You know, the, the honey badger is a smart little rascal. So he's persistent and so on. Uh, the elephant, like I said, is is got a memory that, you know, like yeah. he remembers the smell. He remem Even if five years ago he... You, you know, you were taking care of him for two more months, he's going to remember your voice. He's going to remember your smell. So elephants very very important but I, I think more and more you'll find that every one of these animals have their own little trait but uh, I, I quite like the elephant I think he I think he remembers me and that's why yeah. uh, you know especially the two new ones Ramadiba and Mopani are they babies uh, they're not so babies they're in their uh, 16 and, and uh, 20 so they they're not teenagers, so yeah. let's just not call them teenagers, massive. But, uh, but uh, definitely Lummi's the older girl in the house, and she's mothering them at the moment. You can see she's got a good bond with Mopani. Ramadiba is a bit of a naughty rascal, so he's, uh, you know, sometimes he wants to exercise his male dominance, but in the elephant world, the, the female elephant is the matriarch, meaning she's in charge. So we had to make sure that we had to get younger elephants and a younger male elephant so that she's not overpowered and that there's no tension within that one hectare enclosure. Yeah. So we have to choose our animals very, very carefully when we bring them on board in, at the zoo. I thought the monkey was the most intelligent. Oh, yeah. He remembers you. He's, he's also just a smarty. And we have a, a few of them at the zoo. And um, and they, they, whenever something's happening at the zoo, you'll hear that they want to be part of the activities that are taking place. So they're quite loud. Do any of the animals like uh, try to escape? You know, they, they, uh, they, they, that's their whole thing, right? They need yeah. to keep busy all the time. 
So we need to make doubly sure that all our enclosures, which, again, I want to say to everybody listening in who are very concerned about zoos and animals being in zoos and so on, that we all comply with strict standards of how big and an enclosure must be. So every one of these animals need to have adequate space to roam freely. They need to get proper food. They mustn't be under stress. I mean, we subscribe to those rules, and so we must comply with it. So, yes, they, they're always trying, but like our bird, they might just come right back. Yeah. How much food do they go through a day? Ooh, besides that, Ellie, I think imagine a lion. He goes, we feed them three times a week. And they've, like I said, their meat needs to be of very high quality. So we need to source that from the abattoir and we need to make sure that they're fed regularly. Have they ever run short of food? As I said, all the ratepayers, they pay yeah. their rates and taxes timelessly. So we have a fixed subsidy and that subsidy is used to manage the zoo. We go through eight million rands worth, that's a lot of money, yeah. of food per annum for our animals. And that's how much it costs to feed our animals. That's a lot for that's food. That's a lot for food. What has been the highlight of your career? You know, again, the whole Makoko, the, the, the operation, seeing for the first time <laughs> in the, the world a massive, a massive orangutan on a chopper. Uh, you know, I've got video footage of it. And I must tell you, when he passed, it affected all of us. So, um, so I think that that will be my highlight. But acquiring the two new elephants to keep Lamy company, that's Mopani and Ramodiba, that also is a firm favorite. So I have my two favorites in the zoo. Uh, well, yeah. three actually, including Lamy. So yeah. yes, that's, that's our babies. I sometimes don't like the smell at the zoo. Does it bother you? You know what? Over time, you realize that this is part of the natural spells yeah. of a zoo. And I know people, the horse uh, odor near the, where the horses are, especially where the ellies are. The most important thing is when we go home, we need to take off our shoes outside because <laughs> you've got lots of droppings. Mm. And, uh, and it's important that the, the hygiene for the animals also, because we need to protect our animals as well. But yes, we become quite accustomed to those smells and those odors and no, it doesn't bother me anymore. Mm. If you could have any of the animals to be your pet, which one would it be? Let's just say I would prefer that the animals in the zoo stay in the zoo. But, and I have my two doggies at home, so yes, I will certainly, certainly um, make sure that, um, you know, they're taken care of. I think that's our responsibility. But uh, our, our dogs at home are pets, and I would say, you know, treat the animals in the zoo with a lot of dignity when you come close to them make sure that you don't try to tease them I see yeah. people banging on their enclosures and it's just people who don't know any better and they're still very young so when you go through to the zoo and visit your friends just show them love but show them love from a distance yeah on that note let's take a quick song break and after the song I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds you can call now on 010 you must feel trapped inside these walls We'll run away, just you and me Why not escape as evening falls There's a whole world you've yet to see If I go with you, will it be safe? Sure, 
Do you trust me? What did you just say? Do you trust me? I'm not sure why, but... Yes. I can show you the world Shining, shimmering, splendid Tell me, princess Now when did you last let your heart decide? I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under On a magic carpet ride A whole new world A new fantastic point of view No one to tell us no Or where to go Or say we're only dreaming A whole new world A dazzling place I never knew But when I play up here It's crystal clear And now I'm in a whole new world with Now you. I'm in a whole new world Hold your breath, it gets better. I'm like the shooting star, I've come so far. I can't go back to where I was. Hi kids, for kids, by kids. They are the Hi Kids. Your host today is Jessica. A Whole New World, it's a song from Aladdin. This is Hi Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Jessica and I am 10 years old. I'm going to be doing the tongue twister. I will start. Three, two, one. Betty bought a bit of butter, 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 Betty bought a bit of butter. Thank you to my guest, Jenny Moodley, for coming on Ha Kids, to my producer, Senny and Vussi, for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Ha Kids show, only on 101.9 Ha FM. This has been Ha Kids, for Kids, by Kids.